재미와 지식의 오디오 라이프 팝빵 Well, the United States and Russia announced last week they have agreed to the terms of a temporary ceasefire in Syria. Under the agreement, Washington and Moscow are to establish a hotline between them to exchange information on the cessation of hostilities in this uh, very ravaged, war-torn country. And for the first time in the five-year civil war that Syria has suffered from, which has killed more than 250,000 people, the landmark ceasefire has brought a uh, significant reduction in hostility, so some optimism there. However, there are scattered clashes and airstrikes, uh, which are continuing in several parts of the country with the opposition and the Syrian government basically playing the blame game as to who's violating the uh, uh, ceasefire. Let's talk more about this, uh, get some of the ramifications and analysis on what's going on in Syria and the wider Middle East uh, give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a cacao talk message by adding TBSEFM as a plus friend. We're very pleased to have joining us once again from Kunguk University Research Fellow at the Center for Middle Eastern Studies, Professor Sung Il Gwang. Professor Sung, good to see you again. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Well, we have a ceasefire. Can you guess, give us the background, what the main goals of the ceasefire agreement are, and uh, what do you think the main atten- intentions were of the two major players, Russia and the United States? Yes. First, what's the main goals of ceasefire agreement? I think I can give you three main goals. First, humanitarian access. As we know, the many I mean, Syrian villages of the lack of food and water, so... I mean, U.S. and the international community try to provide some the basic necessities. The second one may be this ceasefire, or they say cessation of host- hostilities, will lead to any negotiated ceasefire, the real authentic ceasefire. And the third goal may be, and this negotiated ceasefire will lead to a political transition. This is, I think, the three main goals they're trying to do. But uh, secondly, the worst intentions. Russia tried to, uh, I think, as, as, as before, the last meeting we talked about this, the main goal of Russia is to protect Assad Rezim. So Russia tried to protect Assad Rezim by this, I mean, you know, ceasefire. Maybe they tried to prepare another attack. Mm. This is opposition leaders that they are talking about this. They are complaining about it. They will save time to reattack again. But, uh, you know, the United States really tried to make any diplomatic solution. We are in very difficult situations in Syria, so many refugees. So we all know about what the United States tried to do. Right. And the United States, uh, they, of course, have some national security interests with this. And it's a very complicated situation. Uh, as far as the rebel groups that are there, and we've talked about these kind of uh, 
various kind of occasional skirmishes that are still breaking out. How many of the rebel groups have committed to this ceasefire? Uh, I understand that the cessation of hostilities does not include, uh, of course, the big bad guys like the uh, groups like Islamic State and also even uh, Nusra Front. Uh, what do you make of the exclusion of those two main parties in this uh, cessation? Well, you know, the two groups are actually designated by a terrorist by the UN UN, so they're not gonna, I mean, you know, come to disagreement in any way, so there's no chance they'll bring this agreement with these guys, so we have no choice. But, and in addition to these two groups, we have another Ahrar al-Shams, another organization, and Jaish al-Islam, two groups also, they're not, I mean, come to, not, did not agree with this um, agreement, there's we, yeah, that's the situation now. Well, when we talk about the rebel groups and the the people who oppose the Assad regime, and as you say, yeah. there's a very diverse array of groups. They all have their own competing interests, and yes. they're not necessarily yeah. aligned yeah. with each other. If you follow maybe only Western news, uh, it is obviously dominated by coverage of uh, Daesh or Islamic State or ISIS or however you want to call it. And, of course, they're very high-profile hostage and yeah. killings and horrific mm -hmm. acts of terror. But uh, I think often, I think many of us, um, especially uh, for those of us here in Korea, we don't really get a sense of some of the other groups involved, including uh, Nusra Front. And as yeah. you point out, they are yeah. listed officially as one of uh, sponsors of terrorism, uh, and they would not be a part of any of these agreements. Can you just give us more background on the, the Nusra Front? Uh, how did they become such a prominent force in the Syrian conflict? Yeah. And and I suppose as far as exclusion of these terrorist groups, even though, uh, as you point out, that's it's really there's nothing else you can do. How does that influence, I guess, the future peace process? Yes, that's a good question. As uh, we know, maybe thousands, I mean, militants organizations are working now. Even we cannot count it exactly. As 100 groups are, I mean, participate in this fire. And the Nusra is actually made by Al Qaeda in Iraq to. I mean, 2012, Al-Qaeda in Iraq dispatched some forces to Syria. They, they tried to make some um, Al-Qaeda in Syria. So, uh, and then, the, uh, I mean, Nusra, uh, and Nusra they, they become more independent. They're not going to listen to the, I mean, you know, uh, uh, I mean, from the Al-Qaeda. And then they have some problem with IS too. They are, they are actually, we know, they are competitive, competitive organization. They compete to each other together. So, so how come the Nusra became a, a very influential force in, in Syria? Because Al-Qaeda provided everything they need. The international, after, I mean, IS, this is the biggest, I mean, international terrorist group. They provided, I mean, financial aid and professional fighters. It's a better and the most, I mean, efficient Fighters they provided to Al Nusra, so they're very successful in them in, in in this civil civil war in the Syria nowadays. Just quick follow up: you mentioned that Nusra now has sort of gone a more independent way. They don't necessarily follow the orders of Al Qaeda. Not exactly. Sometimes, actually, they are also belong to. They you know, still they belong to the Al Qaeda, but we know that they have some fight between Al Qaeda and IS. But sometimes they have. They have some hesitated, so but actually they still kept their I mean connection mm. with Al Qaeda. That's true. 
As far as the, this cessation of hostilities, as you uh, yeah. termed it, this is not an official uh, ceasefire. What do you look at as far as the prospects of this? Uh, it, it's, I think a lot of skeptics would say, oh, this is not going to last very long. I don't know how this is going to hold. What is your view on the prospects of this and uh, how long? I mean, I know it's impossible to predict, but uh, how, how long can we, can we go on like this indefinitely? Well, that's a really difficult question, but as you know, the ceasefire, there will be next, uh, I mean, round of talk will be 9th of the March. It's scheduled 9th of March, but uh, until the 9th of March, I think they, it works out, in my opinion. But what's next? That's a different part, different matter. So, um, But we have many, I mean, uh, problems, as you know, the Russia, they already uh, reserve their right to attack IS and Nusra and any other organization who try to attack. So maybe these kind of things happen again. Mm. So, you know, the ceasefire will be violated. Sure. Yeah. There could be any isolated incident uh, that could occur that could pretty much, I guess, set the ball rolling and have okay. uh, hostilities mm. erupt again uh, in a major scale. So, again, it's a very tenuous uh, cessation of hostilities. We're going to continue this discussion on the temporary ceasefire in Syria. A lot of people relieved about the uh, at least uh, dramatic, for the most part, um, the downtick in violence. But again, what does it mean for the long-term stability of the region, uh, the long-term prospects of the peace process? We're going to be joined by another expert from the UK, as well as Professor Song Il-Gwang. Stay tuned.